0: So again, we come to the beginning of the day, another full day of practice of being with breath and body, the mind and the heart. Always at the beginning. It's helpful to spend a bit of time resting just with the breath, using that resting with the breath as a way to calm and concentrate the mind. As you work with attention to the breath at any time in your practice, it's helpful if you have the sense of relaxing into each breath, softening into the breath, if you grab onto it, it makes it much more work and much less likely to succeed, actually. So as we begin, see if you can soften into each breath noticing as you do so the sensations of breathing. By now you probably have a clear place where you are attending to the breath. It might be in the nostrils with the sensations there or the rising and falling of the chest or that of the belly or the expanding and contracting of the whole body breathing. If you'd like, with each breath, you can make a soft mental note using the noting to place the mind directly in the experience. And it is in giving our attention to the breath that we begin to notice how quickly the mind drifts off. how often we wander away a bit like an untrained puppy, sniffing at this, chewing on that, constantly distracted. So when the mind does that, we need to train it just as we do that puppy. And you bring it back and you say, stay. Stay with the breath, in, out, rising, falling, expanding, contracting. And we know that with puppies it helps to be gentle and friendly, and the same thing is true with the mind, gentle and friendly, and yet also quite firm and disciplined. Coming back, coming back. Attending to the breath is that part of the practice that deeply supports concentration. And at any time, when you are wanting to deepen your concentration, taking a sitting of just being with the breath is a fine way to do that. And it's not all of the practice. So there are other times when perhaps other sensations in the body become very strong. Any one of the other sense experiences. So there may be a sound, there might be another body sensation, itching, heat, cold, pain. There might even be a smell or a taste that pushes itself into your awareness makes it very difficult to be with the breath. So when that happens, you don't need to fight it. You simply include it in your practice. You can name it, hearing, hearing, itching, throbbing, burning, whatever the sensation is, and see if you can soften the attention into that, into that sensation, penetrating it with your awareness. What is this thing we call hearing? What is heat? Really coming to it without knowing about it with a little edge of curiosity, not a thinking-analyzing curiosity just a, what is this kind of attitude. You can also bring the breath to the sensation, or you can let the breath drop a bit into the background, not very far away, while your attention is resting with this other experience. And then when the experience subsides, or simply less interesting. Bring the attention back to the breath. Let the breath come back into the foreground. We've also noticed that our experience comes in one of three flavors, pleasant or unpleasant, or neither pleasant nor unpleasant, or neutral. And again, to acknowledge that this is a very important place in your practice, because it's the place where we so easily get caught with greed or aversion, or we drift off into some kind of deluded state. So every now and then, as you're being with something, take a moment to notice, oh, this is pleasant, or this is unpleasant, and really to see if you can stay with it just as it is. Neither having to get more of that which is pleasant nor having to move away from that which is unpleasant. This is one of the places where Sitting with some aching or throbbing in the body can be quite helpful because it's usually not such a pleasant experience. And so before you move, take some time to just sit with it and notice it and name it and take in its unpleasantness and practice your equanimity by just sitting with it as it is. Yesterday, we also began to notice that there are many, many states of the mind and the heart that can also be very strong. States of grief and loss, fear, anger, joy, bliss. Many, many, many states. And thinking itself, actually. And so we begin to notice that we can also let our attention rest with those states when they're strong and they make it difficult to be anywhere else. So when something like fear or loss and grief come up and become predominant in your experience, let your attention soften into the state Notice it, name it, sad, sad. See if you can feel it in your body. Noticing the body experience of sadness or anger or joy. Notice that often tangled up in those body sensations, there are thoughts and memories and images that are part of that grief or the fear. Sometimes it's hard to tease them apart. And all we know is that we're sad or that we're angry. So again, to sit with it, naming it, not figuring it, just letting it unfold itself being with it as long as it wants to be there, and then again as it subsides or is simply less compelling, going on to the next thing. Today you might even want to begin to notice that you can notice thinking itself. So you could experiment for a moment right now Think a thought like I am thinking a thought. And notice that you can be aware of thinking the thought. So when thinking arises, sometimes you can catch it right away. (gasps) Thinking, thinking. Sometimes, of course, it catches you and you're gone in the story. So when you wake up today, just notice thinking, name it be aware of the sensation and experience of thinking, and then come back. Thinking is very tricky because it's so likely to pull us in. So for today, notice it, be with it for just a moment, and then come back. At this point, there's nothing that is outside the experience of meditation. The whole process of being can be part of your practice. There is that very basic instruction, if you get really confused, that says this is the way it is. So you can notice this is the way it is. It's crazy and nuts and I can't quite figure out what to name or be with. So maybe you're with that for a moment and then it begins to settle and you're with the breath or a body sensation or something in the mind and the heart and you walk in the present moment, you sit in the present moment, you rest in the present moment, being with what is strong and compelling, naming it, coming back when you wander off, and always using the breath as home base, as the place to go back to when you're confused, when you don't know what to do next, or when there's just not too much going on. Then be with the breath, one moment after another, relaxed, perhaps a bit playful. Please, enjoying your practice. A short reading for the end of the sitting, a poem. Whatever what is is, is what I want. Only that, but that. Whatever what is is, is what I want. Only that but that. So there have been a number of questions about the difference between being with something and inquiring into it. Having an edge in your practice of what I like to think of is not, as not knowing is hugely important. We think we know lots of things. You think you know what a breath is or an itch or what's going on in your knees. And we would like to invite you not to know. Have no idea what anything is. You could be a space alien inhabiting a human body for the first time ever. What? is going on. And then be with the breath in that way. What is going on? Noticing, oh, there's little heat over the upper lip and there's some, something moving in this thing that I call a nose and there's other things moving in the chest of the belly. And, and, and really let it be a completely new experience. Let your sadness be a completely new experience. When it comes to emotional states, we really think we know. You know all about your sadness. Don't know. Don't know. And so here's this experience and there's something happening that we call tears and there's other things that are happening and there's you know, various experiences in the body. And so really you, you, you're not trying to figure it but more to meet it as though you were meeting it for the first time. Really important. It's really clear from the body parts practice, there's so much going on. There's this huge little community and factories and things that are doing all kinds of stuff that we don't know. And so to to really take that, that, Question of what is this? It's a great question to take. Go out and look at the trees and go, what is this? What is it? We have no idea, really. We draw lines around things and we say trees and Belle and Bob and Mary Grace. But, you know, the truth of it is, we know from the world of physics that it's all mixed up together. My molecules and atoms are all smushed up with yours in this room. If we could see it with eyes like electron microscopes, it would be all dancing, moving particles, no boundaries anywhere. So to come to your experience in that way allows you to see into it in a way that's different from the normal seeing. And that's what helps in the waking up process and it helps in the opening of the heart with kindness and compassion. So for those of you who have asked questions, you know, should I go, should I go back and investigate it? That's a fine practice. Sometimes we do that. We certainly do it in the therapy world. Sometimes there's inquiry practices, but it's not mindfulness practice. It's useful. And you may need to do it at some point. It's not what you do on the cushion. So to really bring to the cushion that open awareness that doesn't have the answers yet is really one of the best things that you can do. So, that said, are there any questions about instructions or your practice? Please, but... First night, it seems like a contradiction. Um, Standing firm in who you are. Uh huh. And then (laughs) I would love to live like a river flows, carried by the surprise of its own unfolding. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. How can I stand firm in who I am and also be carried by the surprise of my own? I think it's a great question. So it's really, it fits right in with what I've just been saying, right? So how do you stand firm and not know who you are? Play with it. Play with it. I, me, who you are, who are you? What are you? So, and then be surprised. Be surprised as it unfolds itself and stand firm in the sense of, as much as possible, staying present with your awareness open. Yeah. It's a little koan-esque, you know, and in, in Zen practice there are koans and they're intended to be um, kind of statements or riddles that do not work in the rational mind. What is the sound of one hand clapping? And the whole notion is that the rational mind ultimately kind of collapses and then something else emerges. So this is a kind of a koan. How do you stand firm and be surprised and not know and be unfolding? Good question. Find out. Please. Can you talk a little bit about... The Deluded states, oh, <laughs> it, hopefully I'm not deluded while I'm talking about deluded states. Deluded states are those places, I think, where we've bought into a particular story of how things are. And it might be a story in your life, you know, I am, I am always a victim I am a really strong and healthy person. And we really get caught in them. And then um, I I always think when somebody asks a question like this of a period in my own life, in in my marriage, when I thought I had to leave. I was convinced that we were done. I get terrified when I look back at it because I'm still married to that very wonderful man. And... It would have been a terrible mistake, but I was really deluded. Fortunately, I had a few people around me who kept kind of sticking needles into my delusion, which kept me from not doing anything too rash. So we all get into those places. And it's very tricky because when you're deluded, you're deluded. And you don't even necessarily want to hear what's clear, what's clear to other people. But beginning to have the notion that it's possible and to beginning to have the notion that the stories that the mind creates are not necessarily worth listening to is a great help in beginning to end delusion. Does that help? Hatred. Delusion, right. Obscurations, right. So these are the things — she's asking about greed, hatred, and delusion — these are the things that keep us from seeing clearly. I love it that they're called obscurations, because you can think of them as they come down over the eye of awareness. And they keep us — all we see is through the lens of wanting something, or all we see is through the lens of not liking something or all we see is through the story that we have about how we are or they are or the world is, and then we don't see anything else. I am sure, you know, all you have to do is look around in the political world these days and you can see plenty of that So on every side. So it's, it's a very interesting place. And, of course, they completely combine, right? You can, have, you can have all three lenses in front of you makes seeing clearly pretty difficult. Please, one more, I think. Yeah. I'm having a difficulty um, in that I'm breathing my breath instead of being able to have it be natural. Uh Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. So here's a couple of thoughts. One is um, don't use the mental noting before the experience. So don't say breathing in and then breathe in. If you're going to use it at all, use it during or after the experience. And what really helps for a lot of people with controlling the breath is to play around a little bit with breathing out and then waiting. Let the breath come when it wants to. And it can bring up a little anxiety because, of course, there's always that thought, "Ah, maybe it won't come in, you know. But the chances are really high (laughs) that it will. Sooner or later, you know, the organism kicks in and and then the... "Ah, comes in and they go, oh, in, okay. And then let it go out, kind of as it wants to, noticing. And and I would reflect mostly on the sensations of breathing, not watching it. We were talking in one of the groups yesterday that watching is not such a helpful, but actually feeling it. And to the extent that you use the noting, and you might even want to drop it for a while, noting is a tool. You know, If it helps, use it. If it doesn't help, if it's getting in the way like it might be with you, let it go and just let the breath out, wait, and then let it come in as much as it wants to. So if it's a, (gasps) that's fine. Or maybe just a little soft breath, that's fine. And then let it go out and then wait and then let the next one come in. So you're allowing the breath to visit you rather than you making it happen. Get just a little you know, you can be a little experimental with these things and and see what happens. Try it. Let me know. Okay, we need to stop. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.